Welcome to the Pharma Sales and Tech Podcast. Join Artem, Stefan, Ruslan, and Chris as we explore the latest trends and developments in the pharmaceutical industry with a focus on sales and technology. From cutting-edge innovations to practical tips and strategies, our expert guests will provide valuable insights to help you stay ahead of the game. Tune in to stay informed, inspired, and connected with the world of pharma sales. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today it's me again, Stefan, and with Pharma Sales and Tech Podcast, and I have a very unusual great guest because you don't see that much innovation in pharma, to be honest. His name is Ahmed Kanus, and he is the CEO and founder of Pharma Marts. They've received like a lot of awards. I was checking literally their LinkedIn every month. These guys received one or two awards. And I was really, I was really curious to find out more about like, why, like how is his startup disrupting the pharma industry? And I wanted to learn new ways how innovation is dipping up in pharma. Welcome, Ahmed. Welcome. So thank you for hosting me and thank you for the uh, great, let's say, presentation. And uh, yeah. What we're trying to do our best to get, uh, let's say, most the most recognition for our efforts. But yet, of course, it's been uh, a couple of months receiving multiple, multiple awards. So it's uh, uh, giving us, uh, let's say, more, uh, more and more responsibility to, to to deliver more perfect and better things in the future as well. So the the thing starting on your, let's say, note that uh, former industry. It's still one of the very primitive, let's say, industries in the tech space. I've been working for 12 years, mainly in the big corporate side of the business. Yet at those industries, if you compare companies, if you compare it with, for example, different industries like automotive, FMCGs, uh, different companies, still it is uh, lagging, the, the, let's say, the adoption of the technology. So what we are trying to do, which is mainly improving patients' access to medications. So of course there is different, let's say, underlying causes for this, but one of the key causes in the inefficiencies in the pharmaceuticals supply chain. So this is what we are trying to solve. Currently, uh, still the connection between the different players in the market still mainly based on the manual processes, which is the phone calls, as well mm -hmm. as no visibility of the movement of the products, no visibility of the availability of the products, which is actually all of us felt this during the COP that you are searching for a specific medication, you are searching for it at different channels, but yet you don't have a clear visibility where this product is, which is very crucial at an important time for the patient. So this is what we are trying to help and how we are trying to intervene. Interesting. So, yeah. So basically what would you say is the... In terms of sales, what's the biggest challenge you're having right now? Yes, yeah. So for the pharmaceuticals, let's say challenges, which is having the right value for the customers. So this is one of the key challenges uh, that that we are facing. But yet, mainly this is solved with having the right partner or partnering with different players. If you are thinking about, for example, for the supply chain, the problem of the pharmacies is not only about, uh, let's say, having the product, but yet how they are. Uh, running their business, financing the, their businesses. So uh, partnering with the example, fintech uh, players like banks and microfinance companies, let's say strengthen our value proposition for uh, our customers. So this is how we approach this. So your customers are 
pharma like chains, right? Pharma like network, right? So your customers are B2B, right? As far as I understand. Yes. Yeah. It's B2B. It's either we have different type of customers, either individuals, either chain pharmacies, small or big chains. So of course that capitalizing on this, of course you have, you need to have a tailored, let's say value proposition for every and each segment in order to ensure that you are tailoring a specific offering for those, let's say customers to solve those problems. Mm -hmm. In terms of like selling to pharma, like again, I know you've been working with Takeda, Pfizer, Novartis, so you know, <laughs> you've been a pharma, you know the market very well, right? You've worked for three very big companies. And are the challenges different from when you work with pharma as pharma? So like your startup, right? Is it harder? What are the different angles? What are the other problems you are facing than, you know, now, because now you weren't on the buyer side, now you're on the seller side in a way, right? So yeah. what are, what are the, the, what's the story here? Yeah. So of course uh, the challenges uh, is different as, um, let's say as a co-founder versus an employee in a company, even as a manager or head of the department. But yes, uh, you are serving a specific, let's say, part of the business. Being a co-founder, of course, you need to be uh, knowledgeable about uh, everything from the, the legal structure of the company, from the financials, as well as hiring the, the, the right team. To... The other part, which is, let's say it's learning from being in the part of the big corporates, which is adopting the quality and uh, let's say the controls and the processes of the big companies, even when we are starting a startup on let's say a smaller scale. So this is one of the important parts, not about the differences, but what will be the learnings from the companies as well as the startups. Of course, the advantages of this, you can test, you can analyze the market, guess that, let's say to the specific direction that you want, and you can have the actions done in a very quick, quick way, which is not the, the big corporate. So this is one of the key, key differences. And for the pharmacy in a specific, of course, it is about, let's say, the access to the customers by the, the repetition that you have. If you are in a big pharma companies and you are reaching for a specific customer, we already have the brand name that's already there for you to support you. But yet, as a startup, you need to build it your own self in order to ensure that you are having the, the right positioning at the customer side. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, but what are like, pharma is a very conventional industry, right? So when you go yes, to yeah. a, let's say you go to a, a big chain of pharmacies, what are the doubts they're having? Because it, for me, it's obvious that you guys are, you know, that innovation, they should have done it like years ago. What are the yeah. doubts they're having? Yeah. Yeah. So of course, it's not only, I will tell you something, we're not the first to do so. So there was multiple trials. Mm -hmm. So as, as you said, it's obvious that this is a clear need in the, the market, but yet it was done, let's say, on a very primitive and, and let's say, an advanced or incomplete way. So this is why it, it didn't fly. What we've tried to, to do, which is uh, delivering a real value to the customers, it's not only about digitizing the, the, the procurement process, for example, but yes, uh, before even, let's say, having a single code in our platform, we have focus groups with the pharmacies, as well as ensuring that our purchase journey is meeting their, their needs. And this is why we even developed, when we selected the technologies, we developed all the, our tech in-house in order to ensure that we are delivering a product that's fitting with the needs of the market. So this is what we, let's say, give us more, let's say, easy access or, or easier access to the market, as well as the other part, which is complementing your offering. 
with the right partners. So for example, the financing vertical of the business, the fulfillment or the delivery, it's about complementing the, the, the offering to be appealing for the customer person versus the, the convention. So this is what we did in order to ensure that we are breaking the norm of the, let's say the process. Mm -hmm. How are you? So we are talking about tech, right? And you know, data is a hot topic, like an AI. How are you leveraging like data AI? Where it comes to like yeah. your, for your customers, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, so starting from the customer experience between having, let's say, for example, Elasticsearch for the customers, which is easing their, let's say, the searching process for the, the products, as well as, for example, uh, the integration with the systems of the suppliers or the pharmacies in order to have better you know, data visibility. And after having this, let's say, a sizable transactions, we have one of the services, which is a market monitor, which is sharing the data and insights with the big pharma companies in order to guide them with their commercial offerings, as well as raising flag in case if there is a shortage, expected shortage of a specific medication in the upcoming period. So to guide them in, for example, increasing the distribution, increasing the production of a specific products, all this kind of um, monetization of the data. So this is what we are relying on. In the future, we are working on an ERP system. Of course, the, the ERP system will be, an, let's say, integral part of it using the AI and machine learning as well in order to uh, ensuring that we are automating all the processes inside the farms. Awesome. So you, by the way, when you're developing the ERP, don't forget about platforms. We are a CRM and CLM solution. Yeah. We're small but agile, so we're very flexible. Competitors are big Viva, IQVIA, but our difference is that we will fit your processes. So if you have anyone, yeah. less podcast listeners, you guys, anyone need help, let us know. Okay. So going back sure. to the data, what I'm seeing a lot is that although pharma companies have a lot of data, they not necessarily, they know how to treat the data, they don't know, know how to use it, right? Yeah. Do you all? Maybe how do you work with your customers about that? Because they need, a lot of them need training, like about how to use your data, how to use your tool. Is that part of that? I see that the best training, which is uh, learning from your customers to develop a product that's fitting their behavior, already their behavior. So this is what we try to develop, which is having a product that meet the, the expectations and the processes that they are uh, currently doing as well as their purchase journey to be within, aligned with their thinking preference rather than having a product that's different th than what they are doing normally and then get them educated on this. So this is the thing. So what we developed the, the platform and of course for the communication of our, let's say product benefits more than not training on the system, which is through our uh, sales team, we have uh, sales team. We use different channels from the push notifications, SMSs, as well as social media in order to engage with our customers, especially with the release of new options, for example, or new features. This is one of the channels that we are doing. Awesome. Like, I was wondering, because you have a small startup, you have to do, I guess, a lot of sales. Like, what's your like go-to-market strategy or like, how do you get into this market access with your startup? With yeah, yes. Yeah, so actually the, the thing, of course, our uh, go-to-market, um, we are targeting mainly, as mentioned, individuals, small and medium-sized chain pharmacies. So this is our, uh, let's say, target the pool of uh, customers. So this is the, the first part. The other part, which is related to the 
let's say the target customers, mainly they are the decision makers, either the pharmacy owners or the procurement managers. And our acquisition strategy, there's a mix between the on and offline, between the sales team, as well as the, the omni-channel engagement for the pharmacies, between the different digital solutions, as well as, the, let's say, the SMSs, the push notifications, social media, all this kind of tools, as well as coupled with, let's say, more into having the right partnerships through strategic alliances, for example, in order to get access to higher pool customers. Mm -hmm. And do you have like a strategy how to get into these partnership alliances? Like, for example, for us, we've started because Platforms targets the whole well world, but like our focus is also small and mid-sized companies, however, because some of them, though they don't need, they don't know how to use Viva or Akiva or like our bigger competitors, and they need the smaller solutions, which would sort of build the flow based on their processes, right? So it's not like they have to learn the product. It's like we feed the product for like a glove for their needs, right? And we realized that, for example, webinars and like, for example, that's why we're doing this podcast because connecting with leaders in the industry in those local places in Latam or, or uh, Southeast Asia, we make more convenient and it's more cost efficient than any other sort of like strategies like what is your strategy how do you get do you get to, to partners like go to events or what do you guys do yes yeah so courses with the big corporates or big names you need to have right access so this is the first part of the process yes of course having uh, multiple years of experience in the, the pharma industry as well as of course supported by the experience of the other co-founders they have huge experience as well in different fields so we have Let's say it's about the network or having reaching out for the right person that we can give you, let's say the right access or the intro for the key decision maker in this company, as well as of course the other, let's say port as a startup, which is having the right, for example, investors. If you have the right investors, they have a network of connections as well. You can capitalize on their uh, network as well, but yet you need to let's say, to request the right intro from the right person. So this is the thing, yeah. And on the other hand, of course, in the networking events, you can reach out for whomever and you can discuss if you have the right, let's say, a presentation or the right idea and the right setup, you can at least get, uh, let's say, the contact of that person and then you can capitalize on it afterwards. So it's either the right intros or through events or whatever can be done, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, your investor is like Camilla Ventures, Camel Ventures? Actually, yes, Camel Ventures. We have multiple, let's say, global as well as regional investors. Some of the names, for example, Plug Up Day, Launch Africa from UC Alumni Ventures. And we have other investors as well, of course, Camel Ventures. But yet we have a very good cap table. So as well as reaching leading investors in Egypt and Africa, as well as globally. So this is a very important part that as a startup, you need to capitalize on your network of investors as well. I would say for a startup, well, of course you can think about like, are you a seed stage or like you are like, you know, best through your A, A series and on. But I think it's very important to think not only about the money and the conditions that the VC is bringing you, but also the network they're having. Because basically if a VC doesn't help you with partnerships with network, Stuff better than any bank, right? Like the bank yes. can take a share in your company. So yeah. Maybe you can 
talk a little bit about that. Maybe like, how did you choose investors? Was it important that they have partnerships, that they work with farmers and so on? Yeah. So it's very important to select the right investors. So of course it's based on your, let's say stage and your plans. For example, as pharmacy Mars, we, we are, uh, planning to expand further outside the country in the future. So for example, mean our key market is African, the African market. So this is why we have different multiple African investors in order to give us access to the market and we have to distribute the investors. We have investors from Egypt, from North Africa, from Sub-Saharan Africa in order to have access to different regions, as well as the other port, which is attracting global investors. For example, investors with a very well-known name, like for example, they are of my ventures. They are very well recognized globally as well. Yeah. So this gives you as an early startup, of course, more solid ground when you are talking with different investors that already I'm having those investors. So of course it gives you access. And on the other hand, it's about connection with other investors with, let's say, of course, having a very strong local investor like Camel Ventures, already supported by different huge, let's say, banks at Egypt. So they're having a very good uh, network of connections, uh, for example. Plug and play, for example, on the other hand, having a local office here in Egypt. So they have a local team. They have a very good connection with the government, with a different, let's say, key entities at Egypt as well. So the selection, of course, is not about the money, but the act of course, the value added, either geographical, either partnerships, either connections. So it is, uh, let's see, a mix of uh, all the old, all of this. Mm-hmm. My question will be again about maybe some specifics focusing on Africa. So working with an international company that you had before, Takeda Pfizer, like the artist, and right now you're having your own startup. What are the specifics of selling in Africa, like North Africa, maybe South Africa, Central Africa, the Saharan part, like, are they more digital, less digital? Do people believe more in face-to-face meetings, like events, like, can you really talk about that? Yeah. So of course, let's say at Africa, especially at Egypt, face-to-face is the king and the sales in this sector. Pharma companies have been doing this for the past, like actually 50 years. So this is the way to go. If you want to access this market, especially in the B2B space, especially if you are providing a new solution, you need somehow to gain the trust of your customer, especially in you are dealing with the medication, the pharmaceuticals. So somehow there is a lot of questions related to the sources, sources of the medications, all this kind of stuff. So it's not only about selling the product with a good price and you can sell it. So you need, need to somehow be within the regulatory, regulatory framework, ensuring that you are even transporting the products within a very controlled environment. All of this needs to be done and needs to be communicated to your customers as well in order to ensure that you are having, let's say, part of the share of wallet of your customers in a very good period. Mm-hmm. Cool. So basically you're saying face-to-face is still king in Africa. So like, let's say if I'm a new pharma company and I'm trying to sell a new pharma product, then I should still think about mostly getting a sales force, active sales force there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be done. Of course, you can complement this with other uh, channels, but yet, especially at the early beginnings, of course, you need to, to be dependent on the, the face-to-face. Yeah. I'm wondering, did Corona change anything in the way how people like interact? Because a lot of, a lot of pharma companies didn't believe in digital sales and digital marketing. And once Corona came, they were pushed to do that. And now a lot of them have changed 
change truths, right? They change their boots and now they're like, oh, we all believe in digital marketing, digital sales. Yeah. So of course it changed. Let's say, as you mentioned, from the focus from the former companies and that's pending. Before the COVID, it was, let's say, a marginal thing and you don't spend on it or you don't focus on it. I've been in the this for 12 years, but yet. What's important, more important, not only the former companies, but yes, the acceptance from the customers and the perception of course, the COVID accelerated the acceptance of the general population to the digital solution. And mm -hmm. of course, as part of the bigger, let's say, population, of course, the pharmacies, the same industry as well, impacted by the usage of or the acceleration of the usage of the digital solutions. So this is a very important part. On the other, let's say, hand, of course, having different digital, easy to use digital tools, somehow accelerated the adoption of um, the pharma companies to spend more and to focus more on the digital engagement as well as the digital solution. But yet, I don't see it as a sole channel of engaging customers, but yet it needs to be, let's say, a part of a full value coupled mm -hmm. with face-to-face, -face, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you, like in your company, how do you use like data and analytics to improve your, like your sales efforts if you're using any of that? So, so mainly it is the, let's say about creating the right funnels from the targeting the right customers, as well as let's say targeting, having specific funnels for the conversion and the retention of the customers, as well as coming from this funnel, you need to develop a specific KPIs for the team strategies followed by KPIs in order to ensure the alignment of the team at, let's say, tracking those KPIs, as well as providing them. For example, we have our own sales team app in order to ensure that we are giving them the KPIs and the, the sales funnel, and we are providing them with the tools in order to ensure that they can monitor this on, let's say, regular basis, which is availability of live data for the sales team in order to guide them in their daily uh, decisions. And this type of, let's say, improvement of the availability of the data was not there previously. For example, as a pharma company, yeah, pharma company, how work it actually started my career as sales rep. So I've been there in this position. At that time, you only have access to your sales data once per month. So it's totally different. Yeah, big pharma company. Currently, you can have real live data of your sales data, your customers, their interaction, all this kind of stuff. So this improves a lot your guidance and your maneuvering through, let's say the quick decisions in order to ensure that you are converting the right customers as well as retaining the, the, the customers. Yeah, I was interesting fact. I was talking to a different guest, James Harper, the other week, and we're talking about the fact that like marketing or like digital marketing, like sales and pharma, they're a bit lagging behind because of the lack of data. And I was really curious. I actually didn't know that in the Western world, like uh, pharma uh, reps are not allowed to take any notes on their calls with doctors because it does hinder, it's something according to like privacy and so on. And it was very interesting. I was to hear that because like, if you don't have that data, you go on a, on a call, right? Like normal sales call and you don't have the data you're not allowed to have notes, then you have to keep it in your memory. And eventually you cannot personalize like, like how you talk to this person is it, it's just like, so weird as like, okay. And then you, when you send the message through like omnichannel, 
you don't know who, like what doctor wants what information, what doctor is interested in what product because you're not allowed to gather the data. This is like, I don't know. Yeah, so this is true for the pharma. So of course, the tailoring as well as having a specific messaging for every and each customer. So it's not there. For example, we have a unique and individualized experience for a pair user based on their uh, previous purchase, based on their, for example, geography. So there is a lot of, let's say, tailoring and adaptation that be, can be done in order to ensure that every and single customer having a tailored, uh, tailored experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. I have a question about like, how are you using, because you're obviously young and you're like, yeah, in, in a startup, are you using maybe like GPT or are you using any major latest technology according to like for sales or marketing in your startup? Yeah, so I will tell you something, of course, coming from, let's say, very primitive manual processes, having the basic digital, let's say, availability of data, analyzing the data, having all this kind of tailored user experience, still a huge advance, still a huge or a lengthy way ahead, still in the using of AI and machine learning in this sector. Of course, for me, we are using the AI. I personally use ChatGPT, so this is one of the things that I've been regularly using, which is, for example, if I'm searching on a specific topic, specific research for a specific thing, it is easier to maneuver through with ChatGPT rather than uh, than the normal search. The other part that we see afterward, which is utilizing the AI in our platform as well in the future. So I'm currently working on this here. Okay, I got a last question, which is for pharma companies who are trying to penetrate the, let's say, the pharma market, right? Like new startups like yourself, right? Who are trying to sell into B2B or pharma. What would be the advices you can give them? So the first advice would be listen, listen to the customer, have the right research before, before starting. So this one of the key, let's say, learnings, as well as digging in the data and the analysis, deep analysis of the outcomes of transactions, the customer behavior, all these things will, let's say, save you a lot of money and a lot of time. So it's one of the things. And on the other hand, of course, having the right partners to push you further. For example, it needs to be either, for example, as co-founding team, of course, this is a very important part to consider. And the right external partners, either investors, either business partners as well, either real like banks, like companies, all these partners boost your business. And of course, all this needs to be done with the right technological foundation. You need to ensure that your tech product is somehow scalable, as well as it can be adapted with the scale. As of course, while you expand to other or different regions, you will face different challenges and you need to adapt accordingly in order to ensure that you are having or providing the right experience for the customers. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much for the episode. It was a pleasure meeting you. Um, we had a lot of insight. Hopefully our listeners will be glad to hear that and they will learn a lot about the pharma B2B sales. Thanks. Okay. So it's, thank you. I've been a great pleasure and hope uh, this uh, will be beneficial for everyone starting their journey in the startups here. And thank you for this opportunity as well. Pleasure is mine. Thank you. Thank you.